Welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. I am proud to be your host. My name is AJ Kierens, and I'm here each and every week doing my best to introduce you and yours to the artists and designers who bring our favorite beers and breweries to life. It's pretty lovely. It's been a wonderful project, and we're really excited that you've taken the time to join us. This week is episode number 74 Setenta y Quattro, featuring the multi-talented Josh Staples with Hen House Brewing. We came to learn of Josh through another Josh, a good friend of mine, Josh Dunsky. Much love to Josh of Creative Vibe fame here on the East Coast, who is now a transplant to the West Coast. So we're stoked to have the, the dual Josh connection here. And really just uh, appreciate everyone who's taking the opportunity to recommend or reach out or introduce us to other artists. That's really how it becomes a community, all working together, common goal, common theme of showcasing individuals who put their you know, creative minds and skill sets to work to help with you know branding and bring beers and ideas to life. You know, the cans, not only what's inside it, what's on them represents so many people who are working hard to, you know, make that, make those libations, make those mini art shows possible. And so it's just really a nice way to, to tie that all together, to have this episode. We'll dedicate it to, to Josh and Mickey out there in Cali. You know, Josh was a mentor to me for, for many years. As we talk about in this episode with my, you know, background as a, doing radio, but as a, as a band manager, you know, Josh ran a, Really successful promotions uh, company out of New Jersey, Creative Vibe, and he was always willing to you know give me guidance, give me feedback, you know, good, bad, and the ugly, and really help me to you know become where I am today. So uh, it's it's only fitting that we're able to to collaborate once again on this episode. So much love to Josh, much love to Mickey, Mr. Staples as well, the other Josh in this scenario. But let's get right into it. This is episode number 74, Setenta y Cuatro. Really great story. Josh, traveling musician, designer, creative force, one of the early members of the Hen House crew, and really see where they are today. It's just really exciting and really happy to be able to share the story with you. As we said before, JJ Stapes on Instagram, henhousebrewing.com, henhousebrewing on Instagram. You can also listen to Josh's musical stylings, The New Trust, all one word on Instagram, thenewtrust.bandcamp.com. Also, the Velvet Teen, the.velvet.teen on Instagram. All of the Josh's intel, his information, it's all available right there on the World Wide Webs. And since we are plugging and whoring, 16OZ. Canvas.com, 16OZ Canvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, don't forget to use the hashtag, pound sign, tic-tac-toe. If you're an artist, you love art, beer art, label love, 16OZ Canvas, we will be sure to find you. And also look for us. Over the next couple weeks, we will be announcing our eighth 12-pack. So very excited to share that with you. We've uh, had an opportunity to announce some of our upcoming episodes. Episode 75 featuring Christian Helms with Austin Beerworks. Also the rebrand of Boulevard Brewing as well as Modern Times. Episode 76, Mr. Keith Neltner, Neltner, excuse me, Neltner Small Batch, LIC Beer Project. 
In episode number 77, Melissa, Stu Stanley, and Max Bear. They are Salsa Comics, responsible for Galaxy Hero with Revolution Brewing. So we got a lot of goodies for you. We're finishing this seventh season strong, and we look forward to many more to come. Stay tuned, this is a goodie. You're listening to episode 74, Josh Staples' Hen House Brewing, right here on the 16-Ounce Canvas. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have with us today, checking in from Santa Rosa, California, Mr. Josh Staples. He is the artist and designer with Hen House Brewing Company. He's also a traveled musician. We were lucky to get Josh now that he's back from the road. So uh, thanks for making the time today, Josh. I know you're busy wearing all your different hats and uh, really excited to get a chance to talk to you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now, I came to learn of you through Hen House. I have a, a good friend, uh, uh, Josh, who lives at another, uh, you know, Josh, uh, he's a transplant um, that we are, are really excited to, uh, you know, he sent me a few of the beers and he was actually, the story, he was actually in in the brewery uh, at the tap room having a few and it was, you know, thinking of ways to, you know, big shot to Josh Dunsky is the, you know, he was like, oh man, this would be great for AJ. And he, so he texted me there and he's like, I found out who does their labels. He's like, so got people on the, sh- people on the street hustling, sending me, you know, sending me uh, recommendations, making my life easier. So from Josh to Josh, so that's, just, that's kind of how it all came together. We love the recommendations, word of mouth. We, we try to let folks using the different hashtags and, uh, you know, pretty, it's pretty easy to get in touch with me. So I try to make it really organic and so this is a great example because you know i follow along with uh you know colin on on twitter in the you know the beer twitter realm but it was just really nice to to get to find out who you were and then to find out you're a musician and you know unfortunately i missed your show in brooklyn but i'm excited to hear how the how the road was treating you yeah it was awesome it was a great trip and uh, i think yeah i think that's actually a cool way to learn about most things actually word of mouth whether it be music or art and design or beer especially is that seems to be the most, the strongest way to hear about something. Yeah, the foundation of the of the project. I mean, the way I wanted to get back into creating something is for about a decade. I had a you know a, a radio show at a local radio station and, and at the college state level, and majority of the bands we would mm-hmm. find would be that way. We either they would you know we made our address very available, and they were usually sending it to my house, not some studio or folks would drop off discs or we'd be at a local open mic and then we'd say hey because at the end of it we had mm, about four hours every week and i could really do whatever i wanted and we'd have them come in or perform live or co-host with me for an hour and just you know see where it went so i love those you know hidden gems so no pressure though josh i mean that's a lot of that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody but uh really excited to uh really excited to, really excited to have you today yeah thank you thanks so much it's so, a cool thing to do, and I love the idea of this uh, yeah, it's, art podcast. It's been really um, great, because you're in California, I'm in Connecticut, and now you know, I, look forward, I look forward to visiting, I look forward to you know, being at different you know, beer festivals, and hopefully you know, Hen House will be there. So it, just, it really just kind of, the, the goal is to, to celebrate folks like yourself. You know, we say you bring the favorite beers and breweries to life, and I, and I think it's just really important now more than ever, especially... You know what Hen House is doing. You know how important it is with the you know independent label. You know we can talk about independent as you know AF as fuck. You know we can say that here. So I think it's uh it's just really cool. It's really cool. You know what's going on there. But before we get into to get into Hen House, you know kind of what's the what's the Josh Staples story? Like how did you you know 
art obviously is really important you know to you but you know how did you get into you know art and music um i guess i got into them both when i was very young my parents were both musicians um at a you know at a local amateur level never really even performing out but just playing around the house so we had a piano in the house we had guitars in the house so music came to me that way plus and the way any music comes to kids is by listening to music from the parents record collection or the radio or however at least with some of my age that's how we listen to music in the 70s and 80s but uh and the same with art i just had um i just had kind of cool parents who lived in the country growing up so there wasn't a whole lot to do you can get out of the house into the field or you can stay in and draw and that was kind of my options and uh so i did a lot of that a lot of drawing and um eventually i got a lot of encouragement which was nice and then kept on going when i was a teenager i was doing music stuff and people were, uh bands were putting together shows and stuff so i would draw posters on the fly and they were completely hand-drawn back then and um so that's kind of how i got into it and mostly just like pen and ink illustration and and that kind of stuff yeah i think it's important as a as a parent when a lot of these stories were you know of the encouragement of a parent and you know for family or friends and so it really just shows uh how 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 amazing it is you know the support of somebody in early age can really impact you in such a positive way mm-hmm. no for sure my mom was also very artistically inclined as far as she's an illustrator and did a lot of paintings and stuff so it was kind of around the house and that was uh, I can attribute a lot of it to that having in like a kind of a creative household. Yeah. I, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. as a musician, you know, we talked about it. You're in, you're in a few bands. You have uh, the new trust is one of the bands, the new trust.com. And also you said so you've been playing mm-hmm. bass in the, the velvet teen, the velvet com. And since we're, we're plugging away mm-hmm. uh, on Instagram, you want to follow along kind of uh, Josh's life journey, JJ Stapes, uh, as well as, you know, we also have uh, henhousebrewing.com, so we'll get all the administrative stuff out of the way, and we'll keep plugging it yeah. as, as we go. But <laughs> as far it, as the, the, yeah. the, the beer art goes, which is kind of like my, my main thing these days, it's all on the Hen House site. So that's where you can check out all the Instagram releases, and we do so many beers that it's uh, there ends up being a lot of a lot of drawings on there, which is awesome. Yeah. So how many, So which band were you just most recently on the road with? I did a full U.S. tour with the New Trust, which is me and my wife, Sarah, and our best friend, Julia. It's been that band. We've been in this band since 2003. And um, we just did, we just, yeah, it's, it's been awesome. We started a tour in Montreal, so we kind of drove straight out to Montreal and uh, started the trip there and went through the East Coast and a little bit, mostly Northeast, and then through the Midwest. And we met up with a band called Minus the Bear, who are very, very good and very cool, in Denver, and played all the way back to their home of Seattle. It took about 35 days, and uh, it was one of, one of our greatest tours. It was awesome. That's a one, yeah, wonderful. Um, as we were saying with the radio thing, I used to had a brief six-year stint as a band manager, and that was one of the greatest experiences, just playing in new places and meeting people and. Mm-hmm. At the time, there's some rough, you know, rough times living out of the van and what have you, and you know, where you're going to stay, and you know, if anything breaks, it kind of throws everything for a loop. But it was just a, just a wonderful way to to see the country. 
It really is. It's kind of when you when you were on tour in a band, especially for like the shows that are not so much the the bigger shows, but for the smaller shows where you're setting them up yourself. I do a lot of the booking myself, um, and for the smaller stuff. And kind of when you get to a town where there are like-minded bands that you like a lot, you're going to kind of run into the people who you kind of automatically be friends with if you lived in that town. So it's kind of like a shorthand to, to get to know the people you're going to relate to and in a, in a really cool, cool way. So it is a great place, a great, great way to travel and a, and a great way to meet people. Yeah. I think the meeting people, because right, you go ahead and you look at your itinerary ahead of time and you probably have those, you know, five or six shows that are supposed to be the quote unquote big shows, but you find that that connector show mm-hmm. or that town that just helps you justify that, you know, that, that 600 miles or whatever, you know, for example, distance in between is just some of the best stuff or the, where the music is, you know, you're like, oh, I wish you recorded that or, you know, and there's a dozen people there, you know, and it's, those oh, are some yeah. special moments too. You just kind of, it's usually like the place where, you know, yeah, there's some there's local folks you're saying that like just go there because they know there's going to be music they might never heard of you and so to turn somebody on completely who's completely you know, raw to your stuff is it's just a it's a wonderful thing to experience absolutely especially when you when everyone's got kind of when you yourself have a low expectation of the show because it's a small one or whatever and there's not a lot of people there and then your audience has kind of low expectations because they've never heard of you and when it connects in a way that's like oh wow this place is great this band is great then it's uh, it, it's it feels better than just being you know how you're hearing a song on the radio or something. It feels like you discovered something rare. Yeah, it's, I mean, music to me is. I mean, my wife. We saw something the other day. And it was, you know, things you couldn't live with, or would you die without music? And we were like, I think I would. Like, I think I would die if I didn't have music. And it's just, yeah, I met my wife. I met my <laughs> yeah, wife. Yeah. I met my wife through music. You know, music is always playing in the house. You know, we try to get as many concerts as we can, and it's just so. It's just amazing because just like art, right? I mean, everyone has the same, you know, mm-hmm. six, eight strings, you know, same instruments, theoretically, right? There's obviously yeah, some same, variations. Same two eyes. Right. You have the same, you know, notes and keys and and the the outputs are always, or, or it's just amazing to see what can be done, right? You have the same pen, him, same ink, same colors and everyone's perspective. So it's just a, it's just a great, you know, um, it makes sense that you're just making these unique labels and, you know, continually being creative so i i just uh i'm psyched to to learn more about it no thanks man it's uh yeah it's it's been a i feel that way about most music like the of course i'm we're kind of like a punk rock kind of indie rock punk rock band the new trust and the other band the velveteen is a little more like a progressive kind of electronic frenetic weird rock band at the same time there's so we kind of fit into these indie rock punk rock niches and even within these niches there's every every person who creates music or art in some way puts their own twist on it. Um, yeah. So we're, we're kind of with, within those, I was mentioning that we're kind of within like the punk rock, indie rock genres. Yeah. And even within the genre, there's so many different artists doing their own special, unique takes on music that it's, it's amazing to see. And same with art and the same with there's so many artists, there's so many breweries, so many bands. Yeah. I, I can, yeah. Slightly different, yeah. Especially now, with, like you're saying with music, I think there's way, way more genres of music than I think there ever was before. I think yeah. you know when we were growing up, it was like <laughs> six, you know, and now it's even like oh, yeah. I don't, you, you can't say anymore. Like I used to be able to say I don't, I don't like country, but now it's like well, 
there's like 12 different versions of country and i like i'd say about eight to ten of those so it's like okay you know there's just a few more right. honky tonk twangy ones i don't like but even that probably has like six subsets it's like all right if you're which is good i mean our, our theme when we did the radio was just if it's good music we'll play it we don't really care if you're you know have you know you've been in a band for a month or you've been playing for 20 years like as long as it gets me it, it was very self-serving and later on we'll ask you about some of your you know music we'll ask you some music questions about when you're creating but um it's, yeah that's definitely one of my favorites i can attribute to i mean i yeah right as far as being involved in radio i think it's awesome you started in radio i i did some radio work myself for a local npr affiliate here had a show for a few years and it was uh i just i have a huge respect and debt to radio for just like i mentioned growing up out in the country we can only really we don't really have much tv we don't really have much radio but i could get kpfa which is the berkeley npr station and they would play like maximum rock and roll the punk rock show they would play just anything i heard i could i would be turned on to the music because it was you know few and far between recommendations back in, the, in those days and it was it got turned on to so much amazing music from radio that I, I wanted to get into it myself, so I did a little radio as well. You have a very soothing voice, which is good. It's a, yeah, definitely your. Okay. As, long, as long as you don't try to get into the uh, craft beer label niche podcast uh, realm, then we won't be uh, we won't be battling. But yeah, we're good. No, I I, I keep it to the, the horror movie uh, critique podcast. I have one right. of those as well. You do? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of that? Let's it's, plug that shit. It's called, yeah, we... uh, it's, <laughs> it's called Forever Midnight. All right. Cool. So All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just not going to talk about that. Josh, we, tonight, today we have Josh Staples of Forever Midnight here. We're going to talk about horror movies, you know, which is funny. Yeah, no, yeah, with yeah, with the radio thing and going back to that, I, I mean, I loved it because of the, how you described radio was that there was only a handful of channels, you know, especially in the you know, 60s and mm -hmm. 70s before my time, but it was just this, and maybe it's, Maybe it's beautified that it wasn't like that, but to me, it was the stories were always that to get on the radio was a big deal, and to it wasn't this mass kind of copy paste across a thousand of the same channels across the country. And for the jockey, they had they were the cool, like they 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 knew what was up, and if they played your record, then that was like that was it, that was like that was the big moment. And so, to me, I love that, I love that control yeah. and the power. You know, I tried to make a run with it with broadcasting school. You know, I interviewed at some local, like, more commercial stations, and I just didn't like it. I just didn't, I didn't want to play that hand out. I didn't want to be playing to a computer program that said, okay, after 30 seconds, we're just going to drop your mic, and then we're going to get right back into, a, you know, a pre-recorded commercial or, or what have you, so. Right. Yeah, so that's that's kind of, like so, which is, which is that, nice, yeah. There's a discipline to that. I, I think that it makes you radio makes you a better speaker because you're so conscious of your ums and ands and all that stuff at first that you end up naturally dropping those in conversations with people, which is cool. Kind of a, I've never taken any speech courses or anything like that, but in my work in radio made me extremely self-conscious the first, you know, couple months to first year. I was like, Oh man, every time I talk, I say, um, and, and, and when you, and you find them when you're editing podcasts, you delete those little ums and ands. And it's as if they never happened. They're just like mental spacers. <laughs> so it's like, it really is a strange, strange phenomenon. I, I have the first hour of the first show I ever did. And to your point, I mean, it was a complete train wreck logistically because I didn't 
fully understand how to use the equipment and the equipment was old that it was like very right. uh like macgyver like you had to duck like you know hold your one leg up and hold this at a certain angle to do an interview i'd have to put the phone up to the microphone and then crank the pot up so it would, like kind of come through the tape all that yeah. you, didn't, you didn't know if all the the carts would work for the psas they some they'd work like 60 percent of the time it was it was like going to get a VHS tape. You weren't sure if it was rewind. Like it was just, a, it was a mess. So I keep that. I haven't digitized it yet, but I definitely would like to. And even that. That's cool. Yeah, even that. Like I think, I mean, I still do it when I'm, I still, when I'm comfortable with folks in like in person, I, I mumble a little bit when I talk really fast. But to your point, I'm really cognizant mm-hmm. of that. And I had somebody tell me early on, just read the newspaper out loud. And I did that for a while. I'd read, I'd yeah. read the front page of the paper out loud every day. And that helped me because when you're reading fast, you don't have to take the time to to really pronounce the pronounce the words, let the flow of the story and how the written word is. And so now, I, now I just read the the bedtime stories of the kids, since that's my my practice. That's that's good. That's good practice with speech. Yeah, because <laughs> they they gotta understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's much it's much more than where the lion or the wolf goes. It's yeah, it's a much bigger picture. <laughs> Yeah. Now, as I said before, you know, we learned of, of Josh through through Henhouse. So how does how does that intertwine with your story? How did you come to connect with the the team at Henhouse and become the the designer over there? Well, actually, um, once again, the way I meet most people in my life, my wife as well, and most of my friends is all the guys from the podcast, the two other guys I do it with, is through music. We um, I've been playing in a band, this band, the Velvet Team, since 2000. And in Santa Rosa, there, you know, it's, it's a small town. There's not a whole lot of bands, but there are usually a handful of really great bands. And one of the best bands in our town for years is a band called Polar Bears, who they got out nationally and did some touring. But um, the drummer of Polar Bears is Shane Gopal, who is the brewer and beer brain behind Henhouse. And so we met in around 2000 and probably 2002, 2003, and did a full U.S. tour together in 2004 with the Velveteen and Polar Bears, and just became really great friends. We worked in a warehouse together for years, uh, every day, and a pretty small staff. And that's the same warehouse where Scott Goyne, the other, one of the other two owners, also worked. He's a, like a lavender distiller, like essential oil distiller, and just kind of an altogether agricultural scientist at this place. He rented space. I'm going to check with you here to see if you're still there because I got dropped last. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, <laughs> good. No, you're you're and, a good uh, you're a good storyteller. So I this is like I said I say to oh know, thanks. Yeah, I can just sit back. This is where my kickback relax. Yeah, yeah. Please relax. Let me weave a tale for you. Um, so, uh, so Scott and Shane and I and a number of other great friends worked in this warehouse, and it was kind of a kind of place where we produced. We were a contract co-packer. We could make things in kettles and make things in blenders, make powders of people's extracts and that kind of stuff. And not really exciting work. I was essentially a janitor at this place, but occasionally I'd have a couple of graphic design jobs happen. And to be quite honest, that kind of work as someone who's writing music and doing art is I think the best kind of work because you're not, you're all day thinking about what you can do when you get home and do something creatively as opposed to like, you know, drawing or making music for a living where it kind of ruins the, the extracurricular fun part of it, you know, the parts that's like an outlet. But besides that, anyway, we all worked in a warehouse together 
and eventually Scott and Shane started making kombucha and um, some other beverages and, and then eventually beer and they need a logo. So we started, we made a logo for uh, the original name of the brewery, which was, it was just out on the actual street. It's called Copeland street. It wasn't too exciting, but we did some art for it. And then eventually when Hen House started, when they got serious about making beer and uh, they needed a logo for that too. So that's how I got involved from, I mean, Scott Goyne and I went to junior high school together in Petaluma and, uh, and high school as well. And I've known him for, you know, most of my life. And Shane, I've known since 2002. So um, that's how I got involved. Wow. So you've been on, yeah, you've been one of the founding fathers, we'll say. One of the early birds, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm one of the, I was, I was in the building, which was really a really cool place to be. Got to try all the first beers, got to try the first kombuchas, got to be, a, be on the ground floor in a lot of ways. So you, were, you helped to create the, the branding and the, the Hen House logo? Absolutely. I, uh, I drew that guy myself and partially and then did a wood carving of it and used elements of the hand drawing and the wood carving to make it look like it does. And what I love is because I think sometimes it's really hard to have to use the, the same kind of concept over and over again. And I think when breweries do that, I can only imagine how difficult it becomes. But the hen, you've made what I would say is not a versatile logo, really versatile in like how it, how it appears and, ha- in, and having some fun with it, which I think is really interesting. It's, we're kind of pushing boundaries every, every time we do a label. Like it was kind of a, everyone took it kind of seriously at first. Like we should, probably shouldn't put basketball shoes on the hen for the frozen envelope label, but some people really liked it. So like I think we, they were, it was a two to three vote as far as the owners would go in. I'm like, <laughs> okay, it could go like this. It could be this goofy. And so that broke down some barriers. And I think just recently we did a label with the North, uh, or Cal Beer Geeks called Highly Confluential where like, okay, damn, they have this little logo. It's a guy, like a hop-headed little guy in a work outfit. And I was like, well, I could, what is our feelings about having one of these little guys sitting on top of the chicken? Like someone riding the chicken. Is this, should we not break this barrier? <laughs> but we did it. So we can have fun with it. It can be goofy because the hen itself is kind of a serious-faced animal and <laughs> stays kind of stoic. Yeah, and I think, yeah, the, another kind of one, which I think to me when I was going through before we were talking today was the, the most recent, one of the recent ones, Juiced, which has like the Chiquita banana type, uh, you know, kind of vibe to it, which is really, that that to me was, yeah. I think that was taking it to just another, yeah, another level there with all the, I think the limes and maybe strawberries on the, on the head, which is, yeah, so you can just tell it's yeah. not super serious. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, I think the, yeah, yeah, the, the first one I had was... a very was the, serious look. Right. Oh, yeah, it's like... It's like, don't mention this, you know, this fruit on my head, but you know, it's there. Like I'll, I'll peck your face out. Yeah. Yeah. The first one I think I had was, was, it was the, it has the baseballs on it. I forgot. I don't know. I forget the name of it. Now I'm just trying to wing it on the spot, but yeah, that was well, the first time. Of, yeah. All of our double IPAs that during baseball season had, had the baseballs on them. We kind of switched the names out. So it, it started off with a, we did a, a chicken standing in a pile of hops for the IPA label. And then we're like, oh, what if we make that pile a pile of something else? So we made it baseballs for the baseball double IPAs, free agent and trade deadline, Mr. October, and all these kind of. I don't know anything about baseball except what I learned at Hen House making labels. Wow, so well, like, <laughs> there you go. But um, but I liked drawing baseballs. That was pretty fun. And um, 
so we changed it to a big pile of money for the inside job label and kind of the hen standing in the pile of stuff is, is a new kind of an, another theme we use yeah the, the money was another thing is standing in yeah it's like i said it's pretty uh, <laughs> to the it's very versatile which i would never think i i thought like when, when i realized that was the theme i just thought oh that's going to be difficult it's going to prove to be but you've, <laughs> right. uh, you've you've managed to to make it work so you know, props to you there so oh, thanks it's a it's a it's a fun challenge but it, it's it was a challenge at first and now it's no longer now it's just kind of like a now it's all kind of all bets are off so um we've started using we used to be kind of a very like a craft paper black red white look and then we moved it to brought some silver in there with the cans and we started canning and it was silver white red and black for a long time exclusively and now he's kind of busted into full color designs but they all have as well because i'm involved they all have a consistency that's like a, that's got the hand involved always and um well actually not always we've done a couple of collaborations without the hand at all really kind of but it's, but those are usually collaborations where we'll, we'll usually get with another brewery and do something very interesting and different i think as far as the beer style goes as well as the label. It'll, we can break completely free for that. Yeah, I was going to say that, yeah, the original, even the 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 can coloring, right? And there's now the ones with kind of like that more, um, you know, the off white kind of paper, you know, that kind of uh, contour paper that has mm-hmm. feeling to the labels, and then yeah, a few of the the Denver Airport, and then there's uh, another one I was uh, I was looking at earlier today with the. Uh, uh, Hyper Magic Mountain with the you know looks like you, you and your band on tour you know so maybe that's a that's a good one there yeah, yeah that's, that's definitely a nod from uh, like I mentioned Shane is pretty is an amazing drummer an amazing musician with really great taste in noisy punk rock music so Hyper Magic Mountain is a nod to the band Lightning Bolt and their album Hyper Magic Mountain and we did a, a couple of Lightning Bolt style or themed beers so there was one called ride the skies which is another one of their albums and kind of theme is it's a an unstable beer they're kind of an unstable band so it it goes hand in hand and we are back hopefully you're enjoying this one as much as i am it was really just a great opportunity to speak to josh about life on the road i think it's wonderful that he and his wife are creative forces really complimentary and just to, to learn more about him also that he does his own podcast was pretty crazy plug that forever midnight if you're a horror movie guy or girl or person or group or wherever it is that you're listening to us maybe if you like that you know, use the world wide webs and search it up forever midnight I like Josh. We hit along really well. I enjoy his music. I don't really enjoy horror movies very much. I think my theory there, and you know, we can discuss this later, but I don't get to go to the movies very often or even just watch a movie in general. And so the idea that I would fork over some coin because you got to get some popcorn, you really got to do it up to then be you know, scared shitless uh, in a movie theater and just left uncomfortable for, for days to come, it's just not my, my cup of tea. But... Hey, we can agree to disagree. One thing that we all can agree on, Josh is a great designer. He's doing some great stuff with Hen House. Really love, as we mentioned, you know, the ability to have such a versatile 
logo that you know, at first glance you'd really question if that was going to be able to sustain the number of years that they've been doing it. And they've used it to tell stories, you know, give props or homage to bands or different ideas. And it's really just a, it's really great because it is a, it is really the brand. It's really part of it. You know, I really think that it's really exceptional that they're able to take that so far. And I'm excited to see what comes up next. You know, we've, we've interviewed a few comic artists and what have you. We would love to see the adventures of, of Hen House and see where, you know, the hen goes. I was going to try to come up with some witty and creative name for the hen, but I did not. But maybe you can. So let's, you know, let's play a quick game called Name That Hen. You know, tag the 16-ounce canvas. We'd love to see what the names for the hen is. And if there already is a name for the hen, we, we apologize, everybody. So you're listening to the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast, episode number 74 with the extremely multi-talented, the one and only Mr. Josh Staples. One of the creative forces behind the branding, imagery of Henhouse Brewing. I'm going to give them another plug. Henhousebrewing.com. Henhouse Brewing on Instagram. JJ Stapes. Like a good nickname. I just really, really enjoyed talking to me. Josh, I mean, like I said, he's got the podcast. He's got a smooth voice. Really easy to talk to. Really laid back. Has a great perspective. Has a good story on life. A good story you know, of a family that was supportive and just really shows how important that is. And that's kind of what we're trying to do here is support others. We've received a lot of great messages over the last few months from artists at different stages of their career who are looking to get into the craft beer scene. I don't have the, the golden ticket. I don't have the easy way out. I don't have the do X to get Y. I do know that hard work is really, you know, fundamental, you know, correlation across all these great artists and designers. You have to work hard at your craft. You have to want it, and, you know, you'll make a career out of it. But it's not for everybody. There's going to be tough days, you know, just like in life. And so hopefully you just keep grinding, you know, work at it every day. You know, even though with the podcast, we're always trying to up our game, trying to improve, whether it's, you know, new equipment, new techniques, new settings, you know, where we are with things. And so just really, you know, work hard and, you know, do it because you love it and good things will come of it. And that's, you know, that's all we can hope for. So. Little words of wisdom there, a little, uh, little fortune cookie for you. But we have more where this came from. we got a lot of great folks that we introduce you to, and some will resonate with you. You know, Some will hopefully teach you a new technique. You know, we've got some new questions we're going to start asking. We're going to try to start mixing things up. But, hey, feel free to uh, shoot us a message. We have some artists who have already you know, sent us some of the work that they're doing on for feedback. And you know, I'm just one guy, but it's really humbling. It's a huge honor to be able to share that with folks or you know, really have that level of trust or intimacy that they're really going to take something that they worked hard on and allow themselves to be vulnerable it's really a you know a good you know, opportunity for that i know back in the day we've received you know tons of cds in the mail from bands you know demos or rough cuts and it was really just an honor to be able to be part of that process some of it wasn't very good but you can't you know you can't uh Hit the, you can't make those shots you don't take. You can't swing or the bat and touchdown football, sports references galore. So hard work and do it because you love it. And the rest will, you know, the rest will work itself out. You know, we can have another podcast or a discussion and, you know, we'd love to have one of our couple cold ones on what defines success. You know, it's a whole other thing. What really truly makes you happier, feel successful. 
you know, we're just gonna leave that one out there. Just let, you know, let it simmer. Nice long, long boil there. You get back to us, we'd love to hear from you. But without further ado, part two, part trois, Josh Staples, Henhouse Brewing, episode 74, right here on the 16-ounce canvas. The Art of Craft Beer. Now, what is your, your process for creating them? Because obviously, like, the hen is, is the center point of them. Are, are you, are you, do you have a kind of a hen template? Are you, are you drawing these by hand? Are you, are you, are you a digital guy? What's the, what's your process like? Um, I, I, I do blend the two. So I'm, I'm always trying to incorporate something hand-drawn into these labels. And so I've never really done, uh, I've never really gotten accustomed to using the tablets that I really should learn how to do, according to everybody, <laughs> all the artists and my wife and everybody. So you should really stop drawing on paper. But it's, uh, I still really enjoy the idea of the, and the feeling and the whole process of drawing on paper. So um, the hen remains a template. That's in the digital realm now. It's, it's a you know, vector-based image. And everything else gets hand drawn and um, brought brought into the digital realm. So as everything has to eventually for printing these days. So, I'll, but I'll try to make it look as hand drawn as possible. Um, most everything has a hand drawn element or is got a black and white uh, pen and ink illustration behind it somehow. Yeah, it, it still resonates that it is a hand drawn. I mean, I, I think. And I think that your conundrum of the going digital is is pretty common. I we get that a lot. I mean, folks they they want to go to the tablet, but just it feels it's a I think it's a mental thing just as much as it is a, a process thing that they're going to this way. And they, some people, if you're coming from doing hand drawn gig posters, right? And a lot of times back in the day, those were mm-hmm. you just basically take a bunch of images that you drew or cut out of magazines for this multimedia thing, and then you made a photocopy and that was the way you're blending all these different images together and to make a flat file and we didn't have all the other tools and yeah so i think it's i think it's just it's hard i think i mean obviously mixing is, is a good progression and you know but it's it's not skill it's comfort level and i think it's really it's a it messes with people mentally mm-hmm. that like they're they, i don't know not drawing it by hand because you know do you do you do a design and illustration yourself I'm a hack. I mean, okay, I, I've done. I used to. Yeah, no, I'm in, I'm in sales. It's not even that. You know, I mean, you can order, oh, yeah. argue some level of creativity there to to bullshit people to buy something, mm-hmm. but um, of course, yeah. right. But I mean, I used to do. I did a couple of the the album. I did one of the album covers, and I would do all the promotion and stuff like that back in the day. So I, I was really good with Photoshop. I have not been able to uh, connect with Illustrator in the way I would like. So that's. I did a couple of the mm-hmm. trial versions, and it just. It was really scary. So I, I don't know. I'd be looking for like a class or somebody just to kind of like dumb it down and like teach me. But I, I would definitely say I'm Man, a I think the way, the way I learned. Yeah. I think that the, with Illustrator, it's a tricky, it's a daunting uh, program because it's just so different than Photoshop and you're working with these shapes rather than pixels and stuff. But I, the way I, I learned how to do anything with it was I just tackled a project that was like kind of a low pressure project. And but it was still a big project. I just learned and just went through it, and it takes time. But I'd say, tack, I'd say, if you're trying to learn Illustrator, for anyone who's listening who wants to learn Illustrator, like get a, get a version of it and then tackle some giant project. By the end of it, you'll understand it pretty well. Yeah, in but it's hard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> because to me, I had, I had spent years on Photoshop, and then 
even just the concept of vectoring, right? I mean, we told this story probably a few times, like earlier episodes, but I remember doing the album cover and I just played with some stuff, adjusted some, you know, levels. And you know, we, we had this picture of a really old, old tube radio. We had kind of you know, modified it a little bit from the photo we had taken. And the printing company said, oh, can you send me this, you know, your high res, multiple layered, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, mm. I was like, no, don't have that. I was like, nope. I was like, here's the, I was like, all you, all I have is this JPEG I sent you. And I tried, me, right. and, me and my good friend Nick, who's the lead guitar player, and he was the other creative force in the band with me for the business. We tried to, we tried to recreate it for a week and we couldn't get it to the, where we wanted it and exactly. So finally they, they ran a couple, you know, prints and it, it worked because it was for an album cover. It wasn't anything much larger. If it had been any right. larger dimensions, we would have been screwed. But I just remember that was kind of like a, that was like a, you are a hack and you, you know, and you're really just kind of duct taping it together. So yeah, after that, and then yeah, I've learned a lot. So from, I think this, I think that's not, a, it's, as long as you know what your final output's supposed to be, I try to take that in consideration every time we're doing something because it's, whether I'm doing any design project, if it's a, if it's a record cover, I'll always, even if it's coming out on CD only now, but I'll always make it. 13 inches, you know, tall so that it can eventually be put on, on vinyl if need be. But like, I have a lot of people saying like, oh, well, you should make, how do you, how are you going to make this into a vector? Like this, this hand-drawn thing, you're going to, how do you make it vectorized? I'm like, well, why does it even need to be? It's only being printed five and a half inches tall. So maybe eventually it's going to try to go on the side of a van and I'll deal with that when I come to it. And I try to scan everything at 1200 dpi for that reason but still my output is small you know this, this is a can label it's got to be eight and a half inches wide tops so it's i think it's if you consider your output first then you don't have to worry too much about even converting stuff to vector if you're, you're looking especially when people are trying to do photography or um hand-drawn things i'd say keep the edge quality of your hand-drawn things as much as you can so that it doesn't look super smooth in a vector based file you know as long as you can I, I see no reason for it a lot of the time i agree but still people kind of want it you know oh yeah it was bouncing back of emails hey what do you think about this it was like exclamation points i love this i love it and i was like oh no like i'm not sure how we got there right and i like the one time i didn't save it with all the layers you know but you know and i and your work right. has that level of hand-drawnness to it it's it's clean it's crisp you know it's not too busy but the especially the work behind you know the bird is really you can see that hand drawn and i think that adds a level to it especially the you know the importance of you know craft and handmade i think it's really complimentary if the labels were super kind of you know everything was really clean or stuffy you know i think that there's these stories going on there's some tongue-in-cheek stuff there you know there's the level of you know fun being made i mean beer is fun right i mean it's hard but you know, music and beer and art is fun and creative and allows you know to express yourself. So I think that it's a great representation of the of the brewery and what they you know what everybody stands for. Well, thank you. I think it's uh, I think it's it does complement the the beer in a lot of ways because beer is it's hard work to make really great beer. Like you can make it's easy to make you know beer that. It's easy to make some beer that's, you know, that's, I guess it's not easy to make any beer. I can't, I've never done it. I've but made shitty beer. I've made, beer. I've made really shitty beer. <laughs> yeah. 
and it still was probably hard. Still, yeah, that's the worst part. All that time was spent, and then it was like, <laughs> weeks later, it was like, oh, this is shit. It was like, but I spent so much time, so I drank every last oh, yeah. drop of it, yeah. <laughs> you, you, it's your penance. You have to drink all the shitty beer. Right, it's like pe- I, pizza I, and I sex, right? Even when it's bad, it's well, pretty good, yeah. I spent a lot of time on it, so. <laughs> it's, it is true. You can You can work really hard on something and have it you know, come out shitty, whether it's art or, oh man, I've spent a lot of time on shitty music too. But the the point is like, if you make shitty beer, you put it down the drain. If you make a shitty drawing, you go back to the drawing board and you redo it. And if you make shitty music, then that's subjective because everyone likes some kind of shitty music. So that's fine. Shitty music can go out. <laughs> yeah. We all have, we all have that shitty music, like guilty playlist that you don't want anyone to find. Like you name it something odd. You're oh, like, yeah. oh yeah. No one knows. Okay. You know? Yeah. Exactly. So I think it does complement. I mean, having a label that looks like it took a lot of work goes well with a beer that tastes like it took a lot of work. And same with, you know, with anything, I think. If it looks like it took a lot of work, hopefully um, it's, it's, uh, it pays off. Agreed. And I think a testament to, yeah. to Henhouse and to you is that you were talking about hard work and you know, the appreciation it's really important, I think, for folks to realize, and this is something we've been trying to drive home more, is that the conscious decision to really take it to that next level, to really have that level of detail, you know, to go from the, you know, early on only having a few colors, you know, to now being able to do multicolored or, you know, using different labeling techniques and, you know, dye lines and what have you. Mm-hmm. It's a commitment. It's a, And there's a cost associated with that and a time associated with that. And being an independent, you know, brewery is not easy. And so to have those levels of commitment and importance in all aspects of the project, it's really, it's really nice. And it's really thoughtful that every, you know, that this hen, I mean, like I said, you're, you're, you're working that hen to, you know, working at the death, that, that model hen is getting tired from all those photo shoots, you know? So hopefully, uh, yeah, it's true. Good retirement for it. Yeah. But I just think it's a really it's nice, a, it's a nice thing. Yeah, I think it's just really, I think it's really thoughtful, you. and it's a great. It just, it means a lot, and has me appreciating the, the entrepreneur and the you know independent you know business owner a lot more. That folks are making those decisions, they're making those choices, they're teaming up with folks like yourself, and they're making, making it all all aspects of the product important because you're representing now all this hard work of all these folks that don't get recognized on a day-to-day basis and their hard work is in, is in your vessel. And so it's really, it's really, it's really a team effort and you're, you're representing a lot of folks there. It's true. It's true. It's absolutely true. Cause there's, I mean, we started work. I mean, when I started doing the, the labels and the, not, we just, we did labels for hand bottle beers before we moved out of the initial warehouse. So that was seven years ago. And there was only, there were no employees. It was just Colin, Shane and Scott. So, at that point, that was, of course, they, they were, they wanted to be represented as well and, and with a pretty label for sure. But now there's, I think there must be 40 to 50 employees at all the hen house at the initial brewery and then the tasting room. And now we have a tasting room and uh, like a barrel spot in Petaluma. So it's true. There's a lot of people that are there. They would not want to be represented by crappy looking stuff. So <laughs> it's, it's a little pressure, but yeah, I was gonna it's say, also no a lot pressure of fun. There. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's very stoked on it. Yeah. That everyone, yeah, that everyone is very stoked, and I get a lot of encouragement in this realm as well. And anytime, awesome. Yeah, anytime you use the word "stoked," and that's such a Cali word, which so we'll definitely need more of that in the in the episode. So I'm stoked to have you. <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. a big. 
It is the big hen house thing. We have a beer called Stoked. Yeah, exactly. And it is one of my favorite beers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now, most recently, I mean, I think one of the kind of, I don't know, I think it's one of the wilder labels, and it's very, from a graphic standpoint, it's not very, like, wild, but it's just the certified independent AF and whatever. We, we can curse here. So for folks, if you don't want to see things, just this is a life lesson. When you see something say mm-hmm. cool AF or awesome AF or, you know, rock AF, it means as fuck. It's just like to the next. I mean, that's so if you're, I'm old, I'm almost 40 and I know that. So if you're listening, you don't know that, you know, you can say you knew that, but so there's, it's certified independent as fuck. And that's what it means. But that, you know, there's something to that. Uh, we have to we have to be in grocery stores with this beer, so we like to say it's always fresh. Oh, is, wow. We all know what it means. That is fucking great. <laughs> that is good. Good work. Who ever thought of that idea? Certified independence is fresh. I, I it doesn't really work, yeah. but that, well, it's still great. It's still good. It's good <laughs> no, to play. It doesn't really work in this, yeah. But it's, I think that might have been Scott. <laughs> Well, yeah, now, yeah, that, so that label was really, you know, I think that was a, a big conscious decision. I wouldn't say a subtle decision. I think that was very uh, uh, apparent and obvious what, what you guys are going for there, and I, and I applaud you for that. Well, thank you. It's, uh, the story I, I know about it is, uh, Colin tells it better because it is Colin's story, but um, we were neither for nor against the label. Of course, what it represents is awesome, and the actual logo for it was, you know, it's whatever. It's a logo, and it's it looks just fine. Um, but some people started trashing it, and some people, um, even people were that were not completely independent, were a little offended by it, felt excluded. And um, the more people started hating on it, the more Colin started loving it. So we plastered it all over our certified independent beer can, for better or for worse. Yeah, I was recently at the Craft Brewers Conference. If you think that's plastered, they had a version that was like three stories high it was it was less than subtle that it was important for the <laughs> event it was a massive very, yellow bottle uh, yeah yeah i mean of course they're going to have when you create a logo that's going to be used on all kinds of different realms they come it comes with a style guide that is like don't you know ever make it smaller than this don't ever inverse the colors don't ever redo the fonts of course because you want it to be that way even in a completely independent realm you want to have some consistency and you don't want people running with it and making it look super shitty but i definitely took a liberty and redrew the logo as a giant like medallion on a big fat gold chain for the hand on that yeah that version so yeah that would be a good like giveaway that would be a good giveaway yeah you guys should have those little like chains just like here you go yeah like, flavor flavor night <laughs> just, yeah just giant certified independent pieces huge gold <laughs> blocks yeah right someday <laughs> yeah ain't nothing to fuck with i mean as fresh with i'm sorry nothing is fresh with, <laughs> ain't nothing <to> fresh with. <laughs> yeah wu-tang clan ain't nothing but fresh with yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so what's uh well, that's awesome yeah we it's uh go ahead it's, it's it is important to have the certified independent logo on our stuff and and we do in place of of where our upc code goes and, and beers that are only released in our tasting room or for whatever reason, don't end up in a store. We'll put the the certified logo right on there. Excellent. Yeah, I'm gonna be uh, my, I'm gonna be reaching out to my Josh to get me some more come out my way. So we try to we always try yeah. to when we can have the that beer. That's yeah, the, the beer of the artist that week is it's a new thing we're trying to do. It's not always easy because we've had folks from around the world, so that doesn't always work out. But we're we're doing pretty good. It's 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 a fun little uh, tip of the cap. 
good. Now, now, what do you uh, you know? What, what's what kind of current products are you, are you working on now? You know, musically or art wise? You know, what's uh, what's on the docket? Well, I'm. Uh, let's see. I mean, uh, these days I'm working exclusively for uh, Penthouse, and so I'm doing less. I mean, I'm actually on staff, so I'm not doing any. I'm turning down independent work, which is kind of. I mean, if it's music, if it's an album cover, I'll probably do it. Or if it's my own band stuff, I'll probably do it. But a lot of the work I'm doing, I don't have a firm anymore. I, I don't have any other projects necessarily that aren't henhouse projects, which is which is great. It's nice to be able to have a these guys have, have straight up employed me, and uh, and I'm not the best freelance uh, business manager. Let's put it that way. And I can't I can't imagine a lot of creatives are, but people that are doing design and stuff. It's, it's I found it so hard to be you know, constantly billing and keeping up and that kind of stuff. So it's been a huge relief on the art front. But as far as music goes, we have uh, the Velveteen is doing stuff. Uh, we have a couple songs coming out this summer and we're going to really be releasing them as videos and singles and that kind of stuff. The New Trust has demos in the works. We just put out an album in December, so we're kind of playing off that still. And you can find, but yeah. every day is... It's henhouse no. stuff for me these days, which is awesome. That is awesome because I mean, that, that, those stories, like you said before, it was the original. You know, there was three, four of folks at the very beginning. Now there's only forty. So not only has it grown to that point, it's employing people. You know, the beauty of the small, you know, the small business is kind of the American dream to do it through beer. Yeah. You know, and for you to continue to to be creating and be you know being a part of it, I think that that's a great story. You know, and then. For folks at home, uh, you know, we mentioned the newtrust.com and the velvetteen.com, but you know, iTunes, Spotify, pretty much wherever you're getting your music on, you'll be able to find you know, the new trust, uh, which is really great. You can you can see. I, I love your uh, your press photo. You're all you're all spiffied out with your you know, your badass black suit on, and then you, know, you see other photos, and you're you're tatted from your you know, your ass to your elbow. So it's a it's a it's a nice uh, <laughs> it's a nice mix up. Well, thank you. That's yeah. It is a that's kind of yeah, that, that last new trust picture I took, I'm like, man, we got a, what happened? We got a lot of tattoos pretty fast. <laughs> How'd that fill up so fast? But it's, uh, that's why, it I'm, that's why I make free. Cause I know as soon as I get those first ones, that's going to, it's all over. Like I already, I already see it. Like I yeah. never, I'm never like, I want to get one. Like, I don't like when people have one. I like yeah. when they have like a sleeve or, you know, a half sleeve and then it goes over their cheek. Yeah. I'm, I'm more, I'd rather be completely empty canvas yeah, or just like filled to the gills. Yeah, once I got that first tattoo, I was like, "Oh, that tattoo looks very lonely and all that." Yes, black. exactly. And See, so, right, yeah, you're a good example. Keep going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Has anyone got the? Uh, I'm a graphically the, inclined person. Has yeah, anyone got the hen as a tattoo? Does anyone have the hen as a tattoo? You know, I don't know if anyone has. I know that people have asked. Um, I had recently a guy asked if I could draw a rooster version of it, and I was like, "Ah, it's probably not going to happen." But I can. I'll definitely supply you with a high resolution version of the hen if you want to have an artist render it as a rooster so or even if you want to get a tattoo of a, of a hen i think i think that works as as an advertising budget we can work it out we can budget me to send you the, the graphic you know <laughs> so let me know yeah. if you need one guys i think you need to do something with like a badass the hen like with some tattoos or something like or just you know or if, if the hen gets a tattoo <laughs> yeah. it should be the ind independent label that should be the that's how you should do it that's how you can work it into it's, all of them yeah it's not that's <laughs> a good idea we had a we did the, the Hollow Moon uh, label, which is one of our. We have a series of conspiracy themed beers, 
So that's kind of it's a majority of areas are that a rotating conspiracy theme beer, and the Hollow Moon label was a, an image of the the hen in a moon suit on the surface of the moon, which is by far the goofiest one we had done up to that point. And uh, with a USA flag, we realized, oh, you can't do a USA flag because there's something there's beer regulations. You just can't have a USA flag on the thing. So we did the certified independent patch instead, uh, moon suit. There you go. Yeah, was it the was it, yeah. yeah, and some of those conspiracy theories, one could argue that they're seemingly less crazy than we thought they'd be. Probably when you came up with the ideas a couple of years ago, things have been a little little interesting of late. But we'll leave it we'll leave it at that. Oh um, yeah, but with the some deep, of them are, are kind of dark and yeah, not the, too far from reality. Right, the deep are, state. Are, yeah, yeah, the are, deep state. It's like, come on, what yeah. is that? People are crazy. <laughs> But we'll, we will we will leave it at that. Now, before you you mentioned uh, Stoked is one of your favorite beers. You know, what are some of the other beers that you're enjoying? You know, being a a full time employee of the house, you probably you know have a have a gamut. Yeah, let's see. Last night I had a couple. I went to go see the psychedelic furs last night in our town, which was a great a great show. And I had a couple beers from a company called Seismic, who are new. And they're out here in Santa Rosa and opening a test, tasting room in Sebastopol, I think. They make a Kolsch that I really like. I'm a big fan of Kolsch's and lighter kind of German-style beers a lot of the time. Um, what else? Oh, on our tour, I got to experience some pretty great beers with, with some pretty great art as well. We went to a played in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and had some uh, beer by Prairie. You know Prairie? Oh, yeah. Prairie, uh, they're amazing. I have, and I'm not surprised. I've never really... Yeah. Yeah, from Tulsa. They were incredible. Their beers were great. Um, everything I had there was great. We had a big full flight. And uh, we all, my wife and Sarah and I and our, our drummer Julia all work in the beverage industry in one way or another. My wife's a wine photographer and Julia works in hospitality at a really great winery here. So it's, and she's been before that. So everywhere we go is foodie, wine, beer, liquor experience. Um, so it's, it's but a lot of the time, I'm trying to think of what else I had great beer on this tour. Uh, I, I'd say the standout for yeah. me was Prairie in Tulsa. Yeah, it sounds yeah. Surprise. It sounds like you had a yeah, good time. Yeah, we're trying to get uh, yeah Colin from Prairie to to do it, but he's uh he's avoiding us. I think if, I don't think I, I'd say if you're listening, Colin. <laughs> but Man. I, I'll be honest, I don't think he's listening. <laughs> his, his artwork is that artwork is unbelievable. I love it. Yeah, I have like four artists like who just Chris Ware, you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. I have four artists who just won't like won't yeah. get back to me. They're, so they that they're kind of my nemesis is who I would, you know love to have on the show. Yeah, exactly. They're nemesis until right. Oh until yeah, they, that, and then it's like well, let, yeah. Then, then I'm, like, best I'm available. <laughs> yeah, my, then my schedule's wide open. So yeah, we're uh, we, we'll we'll get Colin. We'll be on here eventually. You know, we're at. I, I hope so. I'd love to. Hear, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who would have thought we were at? I don't know. Well, I'm not sure when this one will air, so you, you'll probably be in the mid '70s range, which is crazy. So, I mean, who would have thought we got that far? Awesome. So, so we can, so we we can wait. We're patient. We're already we're in for the long. Yeah. Run. See, you got exactly. You got you got years ahead of you for them to come around. Exactly. You think Mark Mariner thought he was going to get the president of the United States? Nah. You got yeah, that, what a great episode that was. Yeah. <laughs> then he's got some. Yeah. There's some. He's got that one. I really like that one, and he had uh, I think he had, he had Derek Trucks on, who I really love as a musician. That was a really good one. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah, and, and then uh, Ryan, uh, I'm totally drawing a blank from Ryan Blank and the Cardinal. What the hell is his name? Oh my god! Uh, oh Ryan Adams. Yeah, yeah. how did I forget that? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. 
I'm not going to edit that. I'm, I, don't, I don't edit my stupidity. We just let it flow. So it's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, you leave, leave some stupid things in there so people b- believe it's it's completely unedited. Leave the stupidest. Yeah, I, I'm not. A, I'm not a, I mean, unless it's really bad, like I like we'll edit the dropped out, and make it f- flow, and maybe if there's one other piece probably. But I, I don't like to edit it too much because I like the the idea would be obviously be better as a video project. But if we were just sitting having beers, talking, or in the studio, just kind of bouncing around, so I I, I like the yeah I like that part of it. I like to see the because I'm I'm always a big fan of the sketches and the early you know kind of early versions of the artwork and so those are those have flaws sure. and so uh, I, I don't i don't think i mean if you meet me you know that this my wife will say she's like oh you, that i'll say something and no one laughs and she's like oh you thought that was really funny didn't you but no one laughed i'm like yeah i thought that was going to be a big hit so yeah good bad <laughs> the good bad and the ugly man yeah that's true i, I mean you ever listen to a, a podcast i'm sure you have that or any sort of, I guess, podcast is, is the only media where this really happens, where it is just totally edited, so tight and so close together. Mm-hmm. Every time I hear that, I just get so anxious. I'm like, God, take a fucking breath. Like, let's have some space in here. And I think that's the same with music. You know, it's just so compact and so tight. You're like, just give me room to breathe in here. I'm starting to panic. Yeah, because people are like, oh, you're so laid back. I'm like, no, I'm just like. I don't have a clock in front of me saying you have to get this in. Like I, I had a hard time with that. It was, you know, mm-hmm. you have 40, you know, you have 35 seconds to read this copy. And I was like, oh, that copy doesn't like, to me, those commercials don't work very well. If it's, Hey, everybody come on down to Joe's, but it was like, Oh man, like what's going on? Like, it's super uncomfortable. Right. It's super uncomfortable. So yeah, we just try to be as laid back yeah, as yeah. possible. You know, it's a little, little Cali vibe, you know, little, little laid back hippie esque, but it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how we do it. You know, that's fine. Yeah. Exactly. Life's <laughs> See, this yeah. Is real. real. Right. There's, yeah. There's so much other shit that's like forced and then like immediate. You know. That yeah. We got interviewed for the news yeah. recently because we did a. We're doing an art show uh, currently, and they edited two things I said together, and they tried to make it flow, and it like it, it drove me crazy. Like, everyone's like, "Oh, that was so great." I'm like, "No," but they took two things I said and tried to make it like it was one sentence, and it doesn't. It didn't flow. It was like, <laughs> it was like almost over each other. Like the two audio tracks right. were like, and I was like, oh. I mean, I get they only gave the woman like 45 seconds for her segment. So, you know, she probably was trying to right. make it work. But I was like, I, I'm a good breather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> then the pressure's on for those kind of people, too. You know, you got 45 seconds and you don't have time to make it sound natural if it's got to be airing tonight, you know? So, it's, oh. cut it, slap it together. That was amazing. I, in a way, I like that about radio and TV, you know, just every cut and paste everything, make it all. I mean, it's it's amazing how many how much I, mean, I look at old commercials from when I was growing up. I'm like, wow, that is chopped. I finally hear the complete you know use of the famous piece of music that's on it, and you're like, wow, that really didn't even bother to edit it on the beat barely. Yeah, it slapped together. Yeah, she showed up with the cat. Cause I, cause I, you always envision that though they have a cameraman and then the reporter. Like she was the camera woman and the reporter. She had to frame everything up, do all the levels, you know, all oh, herself, man. like. And I was, I mean, that was like, I was like, Holding oh, the mic, mic in one hand. <laughs> yeah. She like gave me a lavalier. I was good. She asked me the question. So I would make the eye contact with her. Like she was interviewing me, you know, then she shot all the B roll herself and then told yeah, me what, like Errol Morris. Yeah. Like she was badass. And I was like, what do you need? <laughs> and then she asked me for some image, you know, high res images to send her so she could have it be on the air that night. And it was boom. It was perfect. So I was really, I was really impressed. Man. Yeah. The one person it's awesome. It's badass. Susie Hunter, W uh, TNH News 8, New Haven. 
She's neat. Good on you, Susie. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, exactly. So last question. This is probably going to be a little easier for you. So as I mentioned before, you know, with the DJ stuff, but what type of, uh, what type of tunes are you listening to when you're creating? Obviously you are a musician, but, or what's, uh, you know, on the, the current playlist. I mean, that's probably a better question for somebody like yourself. Oh, sure. Uh, let's see. At the, uh, now that I'm working in the brewery, it's, we got, you know, you have in a commercial space, you have subscriptions with one place or another. So we have like a Pandora subscription. And I don't know if that's, I'm not trying to promote them by the, you'll hear me gripe about it. So I don't, <laughs> definitely not trying to promote them by saying this, but it's trying, it's trying to find the perfect Pandora station choice that doesn't turn to shit. 15 minutes in so the print station is off is out of the question I, as much as i would love to li- listen to prints all day long it's you're not gonna it's not gonna happen but i dialed it pretty well with the the always station this is banned from uh vancouver not vancouver sorry they're from canada i think they're from prince edward island and they're called always with two v's instead of a w that is even though they only got two records out i could listen to those records all day long and uh then the pandora station that accompanies them is is also very great they're like a kind of a 90s style shoegazy band with great lyrics and great melodies. And the stuff that comes up along with them is like Land of Talk and this new band called, I think they're called Snail Mail. I'm just a big fan of like rock and roll and pop music with female voices. So that's the kind of stuff I'm into. All right. <laughs> now, this is the, that's the most, uh, it's the most self-serving question. It's really more for me. We'll edit the show. Yeah. We'll, we'll edit it down with musical beds, and so when we do the intro. We'll play the music, you know, middle and the end of the section. But for me, it's more just adding, making me a. It's fucking with the algorithm that thinks they know what I like, so that I have all these crazy bands from all over the world. They don't right. know. They don't know how to. They don't know how to label me. And then b. It's getting turned on to to new music, which I really like because they say as you get older, you kind of fall back to your your foundations, and you don't. You're not as open to new music. So I try to try to keep pushing it yeah well i think that's that's it's important because once you just start once you start sitting back in the old stuff you start you start thinking that there was nothing as good of it ever you know so you have to you start to get cranky so it's yeah. good to hear new music and I, I work in a record store every like one one day a week nowadays i used to work more there but i'm working there every friday and it's I thank the record store for turning me on to such great new music all the time and all the labels that send in promos and Merge Records and Matador and all these places we do direct ordering with that send great records for us to listen to all day. So it's it's good to be kept abreast of what's new. What's the record store? Let's plug them. I mean, they're, they're, they're a dying breed. Let's promote the hell out of them. Yeah. If you're in Santa Rosa and you are drinking at the Hen House Brewing Company, you should come over to the last record store on Mendocino Avenue. All right. Since 1983. Great place. They should do a radio ad. There it is. It's come on Friday. Out. Yeah. I'm, there. I'm there on Fridays, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We um, And then we'll... We'll wrap, but uh, in, my, in my corporate gig, we had a guy um, that was a huge record guy, and you know we connected. You know he's in Ohio, and we became became friends. And not to be put other podcasts, but there's a good podcast, uh, Beautiful Anonymous. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one. I haven't. Out. Yeah, it's basically um, a comedian. It's very it's and he basically it's not a funny podcast. I mean he's he's got a good perspective, but he lets you. He says, okay, I'm going to be taking calls now, and he posts on his social sites, and you. You call in, and if you get get a hold of him, you have he the, the premise is that you can't he can't hang up on you. So you can talk about anything you want for an hour, and then once the hour hits, that's it. it just, the phone the phone drops, 
And so it's interesting. The guy's named Chris Gethard. He's oh, done wow. some cool stuff. And it's just like people who are. Oh, I know Chris Gethard, yeah. Yeah, so he, he, he does it. Show. Yeah, and he <laughs> does it, and he does it, and it's really. You know, anyone from people who, like, you know, really serious. I used to be, a, you know, who was a drug addict, and you're talking about that, or somebody who used to work on a cruise ship, and they tell you, like, talk about the intricacies of the the show or, you know, affairs. And so I was listening to one day, and this guy was talking about, like, I had this corporate gig, and it really helped provide for my family. Long story short, he's like, but I really want to buy this record record company. And, you know, he said, yeah, that's where I go. The owner died. You know, they're looking for somebody to carry on the legacy. I know it's not going to be as, quote, unquote, successful as my corporate gig. And I'm listening. I'm like, dude, that's this, that's Tim. Like, that's Tim. Long story short, Chris says, well, if you, I think you should do it. You'll be much happier if you do it. We'll come and record a live episode at your store. So he, they call oh, wow. back callbacks a couple weeks later. He tells me he made a decision, and he buys a record label. It's uh, Culture Clash Records right out I don't know if it's in Maumee or Toledo, but it's in Ohio. They're doing great things. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just love a, I love a good record store. So, yeah, it's always, let's plug those Me too. Too. But it was wild. Because I've reached out to yeah, our, our, like, inner office, you know, messaging system. And I just, I said, I just wrote, beautiful anonymous question mark. And he was like, you, you heard that? I was like, yeah, dude, I knew that was you right away. So it was just kind of crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much, Josh. I really appreciate it. You know, I definitely, um, do you guys ever do any prints of the, of the labels or anything like that? We do have posters available and um, All right, cool. very soon we're going to have an online store with a lot of those posters available. But if you come by the tasting room, either the Petaluma Palace of Barrels or, uh, the Henhouse tasting room in Sarasota, all the posters are not all of them, but a lot of them are available for like five bucks for twelve eighteen. All right, cool. Yeah, I'll have my buddy because I, I, I try to get everybody's work. Our studio, you know, we're in a, it's in my, you know, in my house right now. But we're gonna have a proper studio in a, our new home, and so I, I'm trying to get everybody's work so we can mm-hmm. showcase it in the studio. So, all right, cool. That's good to know. Well, well, thank well, you. Great. If you ever come out here to meet with Josh, please oh. give me a holler. Yeah, oh, like, I love it. Yeah, oh, I love it. It'd be, it'd be killer. So I definitely look forward to it. And um, all right, cool. Yeah, we're gonna be doing some cool stuff. We're trying to do something cool um, uh, in Denver for next year. So I'll keep you updated. That's not. It's probably. I'll leave it. It'll be like a teaser. But for uh, we did the art show now, and so we're trying to look at how we can do another one. So mm-hmm. I, have a, I have an idea in the works. This will be edited out because I'm not gonna. That sounds great, man. Thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Thanks so much, Josh. I'll talk to you soon. And there we have it, folks. That's a wrap. The official Josh Staples craft beer label designer who's a musician, artist, traveler, limited edition independent craft brewers association non-affiliated podcast episode number 74 yep not to be confused with 73 or 2 or even 76 but setenta e quattro right here on the 16 ounce canvas i mean that is niche we are a niche podcast and hopefully you're enjoying it Hopefully you enjoyed uh, our conversation with Josh. Hopefully you learned a little bit. Hopefully your perspective on things, you took some stuff away. You came to appreciate what the folks at Hen House are doing. And really, it's it's incredible to think that Josh was one of the first handful, you know, first three or four employees, and now they're employing over 40 to 50 people. 
I know we mentioned it during the episode, but I think it's just really important to reiterate the power that craft beer has. All these jobs that are being created by folks who are all part of the process, who are all part of the team, really building a strong foundation, you know, from a small operation, you know, Henhouse. If you haven't read some of the articles or followed Colin along on Twitter, really learn, you know, it's really insightful. It's really open and honest to learn about, you know, the distribution, the process, things that you should be doing, how to enjoy the beer. And I just think that it's uh, it's really wonderful. I, I think that when you're able to, to see that or be a part of it, it's a really cool thing, and it doesn't happen all the time. And we you know, we, we thank we thank Team Penthouse. This is probably the best way to 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 you know to do that. Colin McDonald, C O L I N M C, like the Mike M C D O N N E L L. So all sorts of double consonants for you making it happen and really just a just really a great experience and really nice to be able to talk to josh you learn more about about him as they say in cali bro we were stoked to have him we're stoked to crush some of his beers thanks to our good friend josh the episode is dedicated to him mr josh dunsky have a box of brews hen houses that are uh Cold in the fridge. We'll be cracking those over the weekend. Family and friends are coming up. And what we try to do, you know, we can't we can't always make it all work, but we try to enjoy the beers of the artists and the breweries, you know, in correlation with the episode. So we'll trade or go go out of our way to get them. And it's really, just kind of been a been a fun process for us to for us to do that. And we're really excited to do that. So remember. Take responsibility for your beer. Drink them. I'd say smoke them if you got them. That's a whole nother podcast. But, I mean, things are legal in Cali these days, so, you know, bless your hearts. I am rambling. I do have to realize that. You know, once again, JJ Stapes on Instagram, Henhouse Brewing on Instagram, henhousebrewing.com. If you want to hear some tunes, the.velvet.teen. Yep, that's the Velvet Teen. Like the Velveteen Rabbit, one could argue. I don't know. And then the New Trust, all one word. And then the New Trust.bandcamp.com. It's a wonderful thing. So until next week, we thank you. Hopefully you have enjoyed this episode, episode number 74. We're about midway point of seventh season, our seventh six-pack, and we are not stopping. Look for an announcement probably by the end of the month for our eighth 12-pack. Got some great artists. And who knows, maybe you could be our next guest. Keep in touch for all those folks that were supposed to go to the Fish Festival this weekend. You know, our hearts go out to you. Really sad story. But while it is music and it is a good time, there are, you know, thousands of individuals in that area who are, you know, homes are damaged and, you know, are much worse situations. And lastly, just want to take a moment to, you know, send our heartfelt you know sadness and, and love to the queen herself miss aretha franklin who's passed away she was an icon i mean her music we've been listening to her for the last several weeks you know more than usual hearing that she was you know in bad situation you know wasn't doing so well but to learn of her passing today was definitely sad so if you have an alexa or maybe you're listening you know alexa play aretha franklin or Siri, 
by Aretha Franklin. I saw a commercial one time where they did that and made it, you know, fucked with them, made it work. So, Alexa, play Aretha Franklin. I don't know. Maybe it'll work. But until next week, thank you and thank you. You're cool. I'm out.